Wow, that was so powerful, Greg. What a what a story. It's um you make a movie out of that. Yeah, that's a, and it's great to see Ashley here. I, I, we were at we we're at the park, and I subtly mentioned we had a family thing on. It was really smooth, and uh, <laughs> um, inviting's good. Okay, are we done with the? Um, right, who, who's been enjoying the the little videos, the little movies we've got uh, we've been doing for Christmas? I love it. Uh, today we're going to uh, have a look at Joseph, and we're just going to. And I just want to have a look at Joseph's life and a few things, keys that we can pull out of. Uh, jo- out of uh, out of Joseph's like an under, he's like an underrated hero of the Bible, and we're going to um, have, have a look at his life shortly. But let's just turn our attention to the screen and watch. Don't worry, my boy. You'll be nice and warm. I wrapped you in your mother's old blanket. (laughs) Some star we've had, huh? A 90-mile walk, just so you can get born in a stable. (laughs) You know, if we were back home in Nazareth, I could build you a fine crib. But here, no crib. I have to put you to sleep in the hay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I had my own visit from an angel. Mm-hmm. I had to write it down so I wouldn't forget what it said. Joseph, son of David, fear not to take Mary for your wife, for what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will save the people from their sins. hear that? You will save us from our sins. You will be, you are the Messiah. And I've been chosen to be the Messiah's Papa. (laughs) I do not know how it will happen, but I'm done doubting. I want to tell you how happy that you make me. No, it's more than happiness. It's what did the shepherds say the angels told them? They, They bring good news. Great joy. Yes. That's what it is. It's joy. That's what you bring me. My sweet, beautiful boy. 
you bring me so, so much joy. I just wonder how, how often we've stopped and actually looked and put our mind, you know, processed what Joseph experienced. I mean, I often have, as I think about the life of Joseph, I can imagine that first conversation where his lovely fiance comes and tells him she's expecting and, but it's all right, it's from God. So you can imagine that conversation and, and him having to go through that and processing that and, and then the angel coming and speaking to him and I, I just want to read the. Uh, I just want to read um, from Matthew's gospel, and then we'll get into it. Matthew chapter one and verse eighteen. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, he was found. She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the, his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did, it, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. This guy, Joseph, he, he was charged with stewarding the greatest miracle of history. He was given the responsibility. God's coming and he said, I want to do something amazing on earth. I've come to save all mankind. He says, and I want you to be responsible for him. I want you to be responsible for this miracle. And I can just, like, like as a dad, who remember for the parents in the house, who remembers that first day when your kid come home? Who, who remember, like, you're like, where is the manual for this thing? He's got that, plus the fact that this is the Messiah, the anointed one that's been prophesied for thousands of years, that's going to save mankind from their sin, and the whole world, literally, imagine the pressure of this guy. Talk about feeling inadequate. Like, I remember, yeah, there are times when you've got like a, like, confession time, I've thrown up on my kids. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, there are times where just stuff is, we, we've had times where, It'd be like I'd be something would happen. I'm like, Mal, uh, this is out of my pay grade. This is I'm beyond my capacity. I can't do this. <laughs> like, this is some normal. Like, this is stuff that everyday people go through. But this guy, he was charged with the greatest responsibility that anybody in history had ever been charged with. He was given the miracle in infant form, in seed form. And God said, I want you to take this miracle that I've started and take it from seed form to its next stage. And <laughs> that's, a bit to, that's a bit to handle. But you know, God's put miracles in you. God's called us to steward miracles. He's put dreams in your heart. And those dreams, 
are from God. And God's saying, hey, I want you to take that from seed form, make it reality to the point where it now can serve its purpose, where it, where it now can help people the way I designed it to help people. Now It can now change lives, transform lives the way I've designed it, the way I predestined it to be. But I want you to steward this miracle. And like, if you're anything like me, you argue with God. Joseph's, uh, uh, <laughs> Joseph, see, he didn't get the angel visit straight away. You've got to understand that. You've you got to understand that. It says that he's heard from his missus. Look, honey, here's the thing. He's like, oh, Mary, you seem quite unwell, Mary. What's going on? You, every morning, you, she's like, well, here's the thing. And it says here that he polite, he was, he was going to be cool about it, but he wasn't going to put up with it. He was like, I'm, see, according to the law, this woman had the, uh, the penalty that could have been given to her was death. The death penalty was stoning. And you've got to understand, this bloke would have been put out. Like, I'm not a possessive sort of guy. I'm not overly insecure or anything, but, like, my girl's my girl. And, like, I'm not cool with, like, sharing that. And, and Joseph's had this woman in his mind betray him. In his mind, he's been betrayed by her. He, he's what, what's supposed to be just his is now no longer just his. And, and more than that, it's something that is evident to everybody. So he, he's been betrayed. He's been embarrassed. He had the right to have her executed. And he said, I'm not going to... He... he Today, what's that? You're not going to go execute people. What are you going to do? You put it on Facebook. Oh, this happened. The person, rah, rah, and you. <laughs> so, if you want to put it today, he's like, "Hey, I'm just going to break up with her quietly. I'm not going to shame her name. I'm not going to embarrass her. But we're not going forwards." He, but but you've got to expect that she's probably had that chat with him. Hey, 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 Joe, Joe, it's God. Don't you believe me? Don't you trust me? After all I've been through, you don't... <laughs> and it took an encounter with an angel for him to change gears. And, and I just think sometimes it takes an encounter for us to change gears. When we've been asked to steward a miracle, when God puts something in your heart and, and we're like, well, no, that'd be embarrassing. No, that would change my life as I know it. What would people say? What would people think? What would my family think? What would my... And it takes an encounter for us often to, to actually say, consequences aside, this has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do it. And, and but don't feel like I'm... I'm the king of procrastination. I would be, except I put that off. So, <laughs> the runner-up to it. <laughs> and, and, but, and the thing of it is, is that really what's happening is, is whichever way, shape, or form, some people are flat-out refusers. Some people are dig their heels in, like, big, loud, nah, not doing that, not me. I'm probably a bit more subtle, and it's, uh, I like, you know, avoidance. Or put it off until sort of I forget about it enough for it not to feel it in my conscience. But 
whichever way you chop it up, God's entrusted us with miracles. He's entrusted us with responsibilities. And we're left with the question, what are you going to do with that? Joseph was left with the question, what are you going to do with that? He was confronted to the point where he actually had a decision to make. And there's decisions we have to make in life, in God, in the eternal realm, in the spiritual realm. We've got our decisions in the natural realm. My decisions in the natural realm is, am I going to have that second, third, fourth plate? We know the answer is yes. I'm working on no. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm still full from lunch, Malcolm. Malcolm took us to lunch the other day and I'm still full. But we have decisions in the spiritual realm, which is God is saying, hey, and they're not so clear. It's not, it almost is as clear, but it's not as clear. It's not as clear as because you can't see it so visibly. And, and, I, and I, just as I'm, as I'm speaking, the idea of food is a perfect example. You're like, well, I know that overeating will put you in my shape. <laughs> but it doesn't happen, boom, first time. It's something, you know, we make a decision and we start doing something. We start doing something, we start doing something. And before you know it, you are somewhere. And, and it's, uh, we have to trust that and we trust that this is how things work. So in the spirit, we're at a point where it's just like this sense, where it's just like a, a vague sense where we just sort of know God's calling us to do something. And we sort of start to do it and we're not, there's no, not often there's not a big loud confirmation. Very rarely would we see the fruit of our first step of obedience. Very, very rarely would we see the outcome we, we just saw three young people transition from our kids' program. That didn't happen the first time Joyce answered the call to, to run our kids. That was a process. The Lord Jesus, even though Mary said to the angel, be it under me according to your word, even though Joseph took her in to be his wife, Jesus still took nine months to be born. The miracle, and, and, and so it's, this point where we've got this sense that God's calling us to something. And it's, are we going to say yes? And are we going to keep saying yes? And uh, <laughs> people argue with God all the time. Like, I, I like, you know, I think we're so vain as people that we like to think that we're the biggest idiot out there. And that you think that's like counterintuitive when you're talking about being vain, but maybe it's just me, maybe I'm competitive. But we have this thing where it's like, surely nobody's this stupid except for me. Surely nobody except for me would be this. Like where, but no, you're in really good company. If you argue with God, you're in great company. There's, uh, the next chapter across from, from the verse we read, is Jesus is talking to this guy, John the Baptist. John's Jesus' cousin. He's going over to, G to John and John's baptizing people. Baptism isn't a new phenomenon. It's a thing that they've done. In but John's brought about it in a new way. His baptism is a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. And Jesus goes to John and says, Hey, I need to be washed clean by you. John, who's a prophet, knows from God that this Jesus, his cousin, isn't a regular guy. He knows that this Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one who has come to save the world from their sin. And as he comes, 
And Jesus says to John, I need to be washed clean by you. John says, no, you should wash me clean. And, and Jesus says, no, hey, this has to be done. And then John consents and does it. But it's like Jesus came to him with a clear instruction, with clear direction. That thing in your heart, you know that's from God. You know God's calling you to it. That clear instruction, that clear direction to take that step of faith, to take that risk, to start that ministry, to start that talk to that person, to uh, be generous in that particular way, to join that serving team, to whatever it is. that clear, You know it's in there and it's sort of that little feeling and it won't go away. You know, it's, it's, it's that clear direction from God. Jesus. You see, John recognized who Jesus was. That was his problem. And he, his response to who Jesus was was no. <laughs> Can I just tell you that that's not a good response when you recognize who Jesus is? Jesus is Lord of all. What that means is owner. That word Lord means owner. The owner tells him what to do. He recognizes who he is and his response is no. But... In John's defense, his, re- his answer was no, not because he was being naughty. Santa, watching. His response was no because it's like, hey, I'm not good enough. Who am I to do this? I, I can't do that. Are you kidding? You want me to wash you? Imagine Joseph. Are you kidding? You want me to be the father of the Messiah? This Messiah is supposed to be a king and you want me to parent him? You want that? You. <laughs> the crazy thing is, is there's two places that clearly come to my mind where Jesus is told no by people who know who he is. The first time is when John the Baptist says to Jesus, no, I should be baptized by you. I should be washed clean by you. The other place that comes to mind is when Jesus goes to his friend Peter and says, I need to wash you. And Peter says, no, you don't wash me. That's not proper. And again, Peter wasn't saying no because he was being rebellious. Peter wasn't saying no because he was being naughty, if you like. Peter was saying no because he's like, hey, hey, who am I that you would wash me? Who am I? that you would do that? Who, who am I? So both the response of both of these men in saying no to what Jesus is telling them to do is not because they're being rebellious, but it's because they're feeling inadequate. Because they're recognizing who he is and saying, hang on, no, the magnitude of what you're asking me to do, what you're asking me to participate in is too big for me. It's too big. It's too much. Who am I? <laughs> Man, if anyone, can you imagine Joseph? Like, Mary was a young kid, and I'm not taking it away from young people. Young people are switched on, but she didn't have a clue what was going on. She had no idea. She was 17 years old. An angel came and said, hey, you're going to be the mother of the Messiah. She's like, okay. You can't begin to expect that she would have been able to comprehend the consequences. She would have had the foresight to realize how that would work. But Joseph, we understand, was actually an older guy. And he would have had a pretty good grip on what was coming. He would have been quite aware that on top of taking on this son as an adopted child, this is the Messiah. This is going to cause problems. 
you can't hide stuff like that. The whole Jewish faith was centered around this guy, Moses, who was a, a, a prophet who came up as a child, and you couldn't hide stuff like that. And, and he would have realized that this is going to come with consequences. This is going to come with a cost. This is a tremendous responsibility that I've been asked to take care of. And we're at this point where God speaks to us, speaks to you, and he says, hey, I, I want you to step out here. I want you to take this step of faith. For some of us, it's actually time we surrender to God in the first place. And what do I mean by that? I mean, say, hey, I've tried doing this my way for long enough. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I don't mean like on paper it doesn't work. I mean in here. The scripture we read said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. We need saving from our sin. We need that. I know that when we are not right with God, the Holy Spirit is conceiving in us the need to make things right. I know that from experience. I know that. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't do this. I can't take that step. I can't be like you. Your life's perfect and you're this and that. And I'm not saying, but I, I know the thinking. I can't commit to being in church every Sunday. But I like going out with the boys. But I play football on a Sunday. And the lists, the lists come and the reasons come. And, and Joseph had his lists and his reasons. We have our lists and our reasons when God calls us to step out in faith. Do you know what I would do if I wasn't born again, if I wasn't saved, if I wasn't made right with God? Do you know what I would do? I would get saved. Best decision I ever made. Transform my life. It's like Joseph had a decision to make. Am I going to cooperate with the miracle? Am I going to cooperate with what God is wanting to do in my life, through my life? Am I going to let God change the world through me? And that's what God's saying to you this morning. Do you think this Christmas is all about presents for little kids? A fat guy that doesn't fit down a chimney that can, flies around with reindeer? Do you reckon that's what this is about? It's a cool, fun game we play. That's all great, good stuff and don't want to get on the wrong side of him. But that's not what this is about. This is about a child being born. Someone who would grow into a man that would die for you and for me to remove our sin, to make us right with God, to put us in a place where we can accomplish the purposes of God in our lives, the amazing things that God's made you to do. Do you know God hasn't made you to go to work, come home, go to bed, go to work? Do you know that's not what you're here for? To have a good weekend, four weeks a year, if you're lucky, do that for 50 odd years, then not do that for 20 years, and then that's, that's not what we're here for. God made you. He's, put a plan, he's got a plan for your life. This, I'm going to finish with this. Other, the last person I want to deal with is one of my favorite people who, who argued with God. 
His name's Jeremiah. And again, it wasn't like he was a bad guy. But God called him. I'm just going to turn to uh, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. It says, The word of the Lord came to me. This is written by Jeremiah. Before I knew you, this is God speaking to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And then he starts to talk to Jeremiah about his purposes, what God's got for him. But then Jeremiah's like, God, verse 6, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. And he gives him these reasons. And then God starts to shoot down his reasons. He says, don't say that. Don't say that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've got our reasons. We've all got our reasons, our lists of why we can't cooperate with what God wants to do with us. But exactly the same as God spoke to this man, Jeremiah, he's speaking to you. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. He has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. God wants to do something special with you. Our choice this morning is just like Joseph. Are we going to cooperate? Are we going to be a part of that? For some of us, that means saying yes to God for the first time. For some of us, it means saying yes to God, to what God's challenging us to do. Forgive that person. Lay down that, uh, that particular thing that we feel God's asking us to put down. Can I just have every head bowed and every eye closed? We're going to pray as a church. And if you're not used to praying, if you keep coming here, you get used to it. But just, just feel free to join in and just, just close your eyes and enjoy the presence of God and, and just... Really, I feel like there's two things we need to do here. The first thing is, is some people need to get their lives right with God. And what do I mean by that? That means, hey, we read about Jesus came here to save us from our sin. And the truth of it is, is that everybody has sinned and has fallen short of the grace of God. Everybody. And there's only one way to make that right. You can't do enough good things to make that right. It's that song we sang, Amazing Grace. That's what that's all about. It's about trusting God to make that right. So that's sort of what I want to do first here. So just with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to give people the opportunity to, to get right with God. I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you to repeat after me. And if you're praying this for the first time, I, just, I need you to just mean it with all of your heart. Just repeat after me, church. Dear God, I want to get right with you. Please forgive me for living life my own way. Wash me clean of all my sin. From today forward, I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And just for, for all of us, I'm going to pray. That like Joseph, those miracles that God has conceived in your heart, that He's asking you to steward, that He's asking you to take from seed form into their destiny. Oh, Lord, I'm just going to pray. Lord, I pray that you'd give us the boldness and the courage to accept the assignment you've given us. Lord, I pray for more than that. I pray for the ability, God, the supernatural grace 
Lord, I thank you that you've given us your blessing, your grace and your power to do what you've called us to do, God, to achieve what you've called us to do. Lord, I pray that we would be able to believe that, Father. Like the men that we've spoken about this morning, Lord, that we, we recognize our carnality and our limitations, but we say, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. Not because I can, but because you can. Not because I choose to, but because you've called me. And I call this church a house of destiny, a house of destiny makers. People that are going to change the course of history. They're going to answer the call of God in their lives. Some people here are going to preach to nations. Some are going to transform generations. Some are going to be amazing mums, amazing school teachers, amazing dads. Whatever it is that God's called you to do, I just my challenge this morning is say, okay, yes. Lord, I say yes. And, and, and we recognize and acknowledge where we haven't done that, Lord. And we repent and we say, I'm sorry, God. And I'm going to take the step forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.